Boy, that's confusing. Is it better? Without Christmas, you wouldn't have him die. Right? Without Christmas, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, love you, <laughs> thanks. But uh, so we celebrate open communion. Just so if there's new folks, which there are, the only the only qualifier for communion here at Torn is that you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Otherwise, it's not really much point in uh, eating his body and blood. And so, so like I said before, I believe the word of God for everything that it says. And when Jesus said, this is my body and this is my blood, I believe that. And there's, there's, I don't know, how many denominations are there around the world? Quote, unquote, Christian denominations. Right? And, huh? Endless. A lot. Right? And with that, there, there are places that believe a myriad of different ways. And so it's my, my hope that, it's my hope that we all get back to that place where we believe the word of God for what it says. Instead of interjecting our, our manly wisdom, our worldly wise that we've collected over the years, right? Well, of course that can't be the blood of Jesus. He's 2,000 years old. That would just be weird. Can you imagine eating his body? What part? It's just weird. It's just weird until you realize his gift was his life. His gift was his death. His gift was his resurrection. His gift is his gospel message that says because God so loved the world that he sent his son. And so communion begins at the beginning of time with a, with a boy named Adam and a girl named Eve. And they... They fell short. And the song said tonight, I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And so what he did is he went right into action. He went right into action. And you read the Old Testament. It's all calling us back. It's calling us back to him. From Jump Street, that's his, been his thing. Like, I want to be with you. I want to love you. You are enough. You are my sons and you are my daughters and I love you. And I'm going to send my son Jesus to do what the law couldn't do. And so you see why it's important for us to believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior to take communion. Otherwise, what sense would it make? What sense would it make at all to celebrate communion if you didn't believe in him? You see, so... I would like to do this every week, but I think a 15-minute sermon before the sermon gets a little long every week, maybe. And I can't, I can't help but preach about the love of God. You hand me a microphone, you hand me a microphone, and you tell me that uh, I get to talk about the love of Christ. And it's on like Donkey Kong. Amen, Randy. Like you just can't. Like, uh, subject is Jesus. Go. Hallelujah! <laughs> it's, it's on. Because like, he has so radically changed my life. Amen. Me too. How can, how can I, how can I take it any other way? Because the, the moment that I lose my heart for glorifying God and all that I am, I'm a step 
closer to walking with the enemy. And I'm actually opening up doors. It says to, to pray without ceasing. It talks about being in his presence. There's a reason for this. And if it comes to communion, to take back what we've let slide maybe a little bit, to remind us that, hey, look, I've got Jesus' body. Hey, look, I got his blood in me. So you can believe however you want to believe. But as for me, my belief is this is his body and this is his blood. Amen. He is my savior. He did it for love. Amen. Amen. And so it was on the night in which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was betrayed that he took bread and he blessed it. He gave thanks and said, take and eat. This is my body broken and shed for you. He took the cup. He blessed it. He gave thanks. said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And just as another reminder to always be in thanks to Jesus, we do the doxology because it's good to praise God. Amen? Amen. It's good to give thanks. It's good to have that reminder. So if you guys would join me in singing this, it would be awesome. Ready? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah. I tell you what, when the body, when the body sings praises to God, whew, that's like it just draws. You can feel his presence coming in. You can feel that. Oof. Love it. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> Just completely enamored with him. I get to Dagburn honor it myself when I when I walk away. Like when I sidestep the truth or I sidestep around something and find myself walking in the flesh for those moments or that minute or that second. Like Dagburn, what are you doing, boy? I'll talk to myself. Anybody else talk to themselves? Yeah. Like y'all just have a conversation. Like I try and explain to people, like you know, you don't you don't need to read me out because I, I do a real good job. Like I know when I done messed yeah. it up. I know when I mess it up, and I'm all over me like white on rice. Like I just, whew, it's awful. And I got I gotta gotta figure that like getting just like right back into the groove, right back into that sweet spot with, with God. Right? Like there's nothing, there's nothing like the grace and the presence of the Father to just get in it. You know, it's almost like the lazy river at some of the water parks and you just hop in the tube and you just, you're on easy street and for a minute or your time around until some little kid kicks your inner tube or something. And you're like, oh, this is so good. It's like just, just relax. How many of you guys get that time to just rest in Papa's arms? Like to just take that intentional time to say, Daddy, I love you. I love you and I am so thankful for you. You blow my doors off. You change my world. You change my thinking. You change my talking. You change everything about me. So Lord, help me to stay there. You know, so how do we get to teach these young kids like how beautiful Papa is, how beautiful God is? Like no matter what the world throws at you, right? Because the world's going to come like all this, right? People are going to say this and that. They're going to try and tell you that you're something that you're not. And you know in here, like, no, 
that's not me, right? And you get to say, no, thank you. Well, I'll pray for you, right? And just stay right in his presence, just right, right there. You ever have just that big hug that warms you up so much in your heart? It's just like, oh, I'd love to stay right there. You can stay right there with God. And he will never grow tired of hugging you. He will never grow tired of loving you ever, no matter what. I promise you that. I promise. Right? That's just how crazy he is. Love you guys. <laughs> Gosh. I think my heart's full. I can just shut up and go home. When you look in the children's eyes, they just see how beautiful they are. What a gift. Every now and again, you get the reflection in the mirror where you see, where you see that childlike faith staring back at you. You feel good. It's like, man, this is a good, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be okay today. How do we get back to that? How do we get back to that place always, like no matter what? Circumstances don't dictate our character, but the character of Christ dictates our circumstances and how we receive them, how we walk in them, right? Like so today, we all know there's a battle, right? Like there's a battle between light and dark, good and evil. There's a battle about what's going to happen tomorrow. What's happening in the next two minutes? How am I going to do this? Am I going to listen to pastor? Or am I just going to kind of camp out in the chair for a while and zone off into my own world? Right? There's always a, this seemingly always this battle. But is it yours? Is it your battle? Is it your battle because... You kind of need to know that, yeah? Like, it makes sense. Like, why am I going to jump into the middle of something that ain't mine? Right? If I could just give some of those things away, some of those fights, I wouldn't have to fight so much. If I asked you for your top ten list of things worth fighting for, what you got? Where do you, where do you fit? Where do you fit in your list? Sorry for this, but do you even know what you're fighting for anymore? Like how many of y'all been down the street so dagburn long you, you don't even know what I, like where did this all start? How did it all start and how do I, how did I get here? Like what was, what was the, all I get in my head is that, so where do we go from here now that all of the children are growing old? But do you even know what the fight was about? Do you know why you're fighting? Why is it that you do what you do every time you do what you do? Do you know why? That it could be. But why, is, why does it do that? Why do the same triggers keep triggering the same responses? Right? Like we get into these battles and all of a sudden we're jacking stuff up. We're fighting with people we actually love. It's like, well, that's just stupid. Isn't it just ignorant to fight the very people that we love? Are we called to build up and encourage? Or am I supposed to just verbally beat you until you learn my way? Right? I have told this story a bunch, so pardon me if I told it here. So I'm in cemetery, and I'm talking to God, and I'm like, God, why can't these people just get it? They're so stupid. If they would just think like I think, this world would be a much better place. <laughs> he says, oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> then can you riddle me this, Scooter? 
Tell me exactly why you spend so much time being depressed and PO'd in yourself. You don't even need anybody. You can get angry, upset, all by yourself. So now you really want a world full of people who think like you do? <laughs> and then, you know, you always got to add your own parts to God's story, right? And add some stuff that he didn't really say. But I could just imagine, just imagine where I would go if I was God. Right? Like, how badly would I hammer me? Or how badly would I shame myself? Or how badly would I guilt myself? How long would I ride the pity train and, and just, you know, this, this myriad of this turd cycle. It's just cruddy. And yet I ride that thing like my favorite little pony or something. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Get up off of that thing. Are you fighting from something? What happened in life? What happened here to make you fight here? So are you fighting from something? Do you have this, this baseline in your life that, like this is where I am and I'm not gonna go any lower? But this is typically where I hang out, is way down here. And what that means is if you're viewing yourself from here, guess where you're going to allow yourself to go? Guess where you're going to allow yourself to hang out? And guess where you're going to allow yourself to be knocked down to on a pretty regular basis? Right? Like somehow hanging out in the basement with no windows and everything is it's just what I do. It's who I am. How's that feel? Or are you fighting towards something? Do you see something? Have you seen like where you were? And man, I want to go there, Jesus. Your word says I can go there and that's where I want to go. I want nothing short of every promise that you've ever given and I want to live it out to the fullest. I'll take down bears and lions and tigers. I don't give a rip or and stinky do. Bring it all on, because with me and God, woo! That's where I'm going. Right? Woo! What are we doing? Do you even know? Is it important for you to know and understand what's what? So if you don't know what you're fighting for, or where you're fighting from, or where you're fighting to, what does winning look like if we don't know what or why we are fighting? What does winning look like? Well, I don't know. I've just always been fighting my whole life. I don't know anything else. I absolutely know nothing other than fight. And so what does that lead us to do? I mean, I'm a self-sabotager from the day. Like as soon as something starts going good, I had the propensity, I had skills on fleek to knock myself right back to my little pony. Remember the little turd? I'd jump right. They don't exactly have that right outside of Walmart for a quarter, but can you imagine riding up on your little turd? What are you doing, cowboy? Woohoo! Just taking my crappy life right to the Walmart. I'm riding along. <laughs> but what does winning look like? Being peaceful for a minute, for a moment, for a lifetime. What could you or would you do different if you could turn back time? How far back 
Would you reset your clock to get to a good starting point to change the way you live your life? How far back would you have to go? How old are you? How old are you if you turn it all the way back? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, eh, eh, eh. 51 years, you're 52. I know, because you're just a couple months younger than me, kid. How far would you have to turn it back? But doesn't Jesus tell us that he died for forgiveness for our sins? problem with thinking about turning the clocks back and starting over is I don't believe that we're actually living in what Jesus died for us for right so if he died for my sins and the forgiveness of my sins then I'm the one looking back to see the shame and the guilt and all the garbage that I've been packing with pride up on my little turd pony riding up to somewhere I don't even know where I'm going. So here I am, I got my crappy little horse and my, back, my backpack full of crap and I'm going. Don't have a clue where I'm going, I'm just going. You would think I was from Iowa, I'm just an idiot out wandering around, right? Where are you going, Fred? Oh, what you going to do when you get there? Oh, well, what are you going there for? I don't know. How long you, how long you figure it's going to take you to get there? I ain't got a clue. Hey, cowboy, what you doing? Just taking my little turd for a trot. Right, and as stupid as that sounds, what's the difference with the way that we're actually living our lives? Sometimes it takes a silly illustration to help us to see what we're actually doing. Right, and we keep riding the turd. Get off the turd. If you feel like you've got to tie that thing up somewhere just so it don't follow you around, tie that sucker tight. Make sure that the halter is on, the bit's in, and your turd's not going to follow you. Because... You smell funny. You look really silly, right? Like Fred. Are you really on a turd? Looks like a turd. Smells like a turd. Must be a turd. But why, why are we doing it? Right, like why are we doing it? So how far do you have to turn the clock back? How would life look different if you could? What if you're fighting the wrong thing? Does time matter? Right, so if I'm fighting from back here when I picked up my pony, if I'm fighting from this spot and that's my way into battle every time, then what am I doing? How am I ever going to change if that is what I'm bringing? If I got the same backpack, the same pony, how is anything going to change? So I could go back, and if I go back and I pick up the same pony, or I pick up another one that looks just like the other one, what's the difference? Does that make sense at all? So you can turn back time all you want to. How about you turn back time to the last opportunity you had to pray, to the last opportunity you had to read the word of God. What if inside that, what if inside the life of somebody who actually believes in the power of prayer, the power of the word of God, what if we get to that place that it gets rid of all that stuff and we start anew, we start fresh, as Jesus told us. 
We are told that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But yet we're going back here, but why? Why? Somewhere along the way, we started believing a lie, we started receiving the lie, we started owning it as if it's ours to own, and we run with pride, and we hold ourselves in the basement when God says, come on up! I've got this whole beautiful life for you. Don't you see? I have something incredible for you. So where are we? Can we go back just this far to the last time that we could pray? That's all we have to do. What about the next time we get to pray? What about right now? What about right now taking the time? How does that work for us? Because we're missing precious moments. We're missing time because we're focused on my pony and my backpack, right? We're putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllables and we're coming up with words that don't even make sense. You see, because so oftentimes the life that we're living is not the life that Jesus died on the cross for us to live, amen? amen. Most of us are living as though we're still dead and not alive, right? And we have to get to that point where we understand in here, in here, that we are new. You see, and so we start to wonder, like, how did this dude do it? How did this dude do it? How did David slay Goliath? Because what's your giant in life? What's the thing that you're like the army of Israel and saying, oh, oh no, I'm not fighting that battle. But yet a 13-year-old with five stones comes up and says, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get that giant. Because my God, my God, the God of this army says that I can, says that I can and says that I will when, when I do what he says for me to do. Amen. How beautiful a thing to actually understand. Right, but we need to face our giants head on in faith. What happens? What happens when it comes together? You see, because our, our fight's no longer like this. Our fight ain't like this. Our fight ain't like this. Our fight ain't like this. Right? Our fight is like this. And when the hands of peace and love and grace come together, in belief and faith of a father who loves us so much, fills us with every strength and power and authority that his son Jesus had, we're filled with his spirit, things happen. Like life starts to change, but if you and I don't get to the point where we actually believe it, where we actually walk out in faith, then we're back on our little pony. And we got to stay off the pony, right? Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. You see, so... Remember last week or the week before we were talking about the hypothalamus and, and, and how it's up here and like love isn't actually from here, it's from here and that our thoughts, our choice and the word tells us to take every thought captive, right? And so we don't take them captive because we don't believe that we're worthy of anything changed from before and so we're not even entering in to walk in the spirit we're walking by the flesh and the flesh keeps misleading us and guiding us down the wrong path putting me back on my pony right we're all tied up in the corral 
push the silver handle on the side of the corral and flush it. Get rid of the pony. Right? Send it bye-bye. Amen? Start walking by the Spirit of God. And if you don't know what it is, if you don't know how to get to that place, <coughs> what are we given? To learn. We're given prayer. We're given the Word of God. We're given the fellowship of the brethren. Amen? This is a powerful thing. When, when the enemy looks through those windows and he sees this, He's out there trembling. Like, man, I sure hope they ain't listening to that fool up there talking. Like, just shut him out, right? Like, he's, no, don't even listen to that boy. Don't, don't, no, don't. He's full of it. Right? That's, that's his prayer out there. Praying to himself. But we say, no, back to hell with you. Back to hell with you. I am not listening to you anymore. I'm done. D-U-N, done. Stick a fork in you all over the place multiple times and get straight back to hell. Put you over the barbecue. Like, I'm done with you. But if you don't know that you can do that, if you don't have the faith, if you don't have hope that the word is actually telling you these things, then we're always going to struggle with the same old struggles going back to the way that it was. Well, I'm tired of the way that it was. I can't live like that anymore. And let me tell you this, that your daily little stumbles, when you stumble and you fall, get back up again. Get back up again because God has something for you. And if you stay down below the holy smoke, you're never going to rise up to be in the power of the holy smoke, the holy ghost. You're never going to walk the way that he calls us to walk. Right? And we're selling ourselves short. Well, that means that our kids aren't going to get raised up the way that our kids and they're going to face the same battles, the one that we're supposed to protect them from. Right? We got an opportunity to give these guys the power, give them the tools from a young age, like from little before the stuff gets too bad and they don't see that they can get over it. But we got to believe. We got to believe in God and we got to believe in these children. We got to believe in one another that there's power in the gathering of the brethren. Where two or three or more are gathered, there too shall I be. Amen. Amen. And so grab your Bibles to 2 Chronicles 20. And I'm going to peruse through this quickly. I'm going to peruse through this quickly and I'm going to skip some parts because do you remember I was talking about is the battle even yours to fight? Like how many times... Have you got yourself into something only to know in your heart of hearts that, man, I ain't even supposed to be here. But whoops, it's too late. Right? I remember in the midst of my addiction saying to myself in my heart that, God, if I don't find out, like I'm sitting here on the precipice, I'm sitting here right on the razor's edge, tipping both ways, like rocking back and forth. If I don't choose to follow something different, I'm going to stay in my addiction until I'm in the grave. And there's something inside of me that knew that I didn't want to go there. Do you see? So I was fighting my whole life about this thing that wasn't even mine, but I was victimized by my world and victimized by my choices victimized by my beliefs, and now I'm set free from my belief in Jesus Christ, my belief in God the Father, and I know, I know that if I take that right step, that life can be different for me, amen? That I can get out of that, that I don't have to surrender my life to all those things that the enemy are telling me, like I can stop chasing shiny things and start chasing Jesus Christ, who's right here. The chase ain't nothing but to turn around because he's right here. Amen. Amen. And that's a beautiful thing about our Father. That's a beautiful thing about the choice that we get to make. And I don't care if you're trapped in this addiction or that addiction. I don't care what your addiction is. 
No matter what, I don't care. You don't have to be a prisoner to your addiction, but find your addiction and your blessing in the Father. Amen? Walk in power. Walk in power and grace and peace in this Lord. We'll start seeing some changes coming on a permanent basis, not just on Saturday and Sunday. But what happens when we start living our life ridiculously Sunday through Sunday and there's not a gap in the, in the program? There's no need for an intermission. Right? We can walk like we walk all the time. From the moment you wake up till you lay your head down, sweet dreams, right? I know that somebody in here is fighting with tremors at night and bad dreams, and I cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ right now. No more. Get out. Get out. Amen. I'm done with it. I'm done fighting like a wuss. I'm done fighting like I don't have any power or authority. Jesus gave it to me. Amen. And he gave it to every, every man, woman, and child that will call on his name. Amen. So why are we living like we're back on the pony? Why are we living like we're on the pony? Get off the pony. Now let's listen to this. This is... This is one of those stories that absolutely blows my doors off every single time I read it. This, this is the one, this is the place that the question about, is it even your battle, right? Like, check this out. All right, so, oh boy, I changed my page. Whoopsie. Hold on. All right, so here it goes. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites and with them, some of the Moonites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, Engedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. So how many times do you get afraid of what's coming? But what do you do? How do you do it? What did he do? What did he do? You see, he heard about the impending doom. What's your struggle? What's coming? What's giving you anxiety? What is it? You see it. You know it's coming. You're freaked out about it. But you don't have to believe the old way. Like something's changing here, so what did Jehoshaphat do? He set his face to seek the Lord, amen? And something changes when we seek him. We find him. Amen? <laughs> There's something. You're about to see how far off the chain this dude goes. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. A what? <laughs> a fast? So these guys were running around like you get like a kid with new tennis shoes? They were running real fast? Okay, we'll study fast one day. Because you guys are gonna see with my new sneakers, I'm faster than everybody. It's not wrong fast. But he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So the entire Judah gathered to come and seek the Lord because of what was coming, right? So what is God calling us to do is the bodies to come together to seek the Lord, amen? And we can amen. gather together, seek the Lord. We can pray for one another in the spirit, through our mouths, through our hearts, through what God is calling, and we can protect and build up the body. We can prepare the ground for what's about to come. Amen? Amen. We can do this through prayer if we believe what's going down. All right, so let's keep going. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nation. In your hand are power and might, so that none, none 
None. None. Can you guys say it with me? None. None is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham? Abraham, your friend. And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying if disaster comes upon us, the sword judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is this house, and cry out to you in our afflictions, and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and the Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by by coming to drive us out of, your, out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit, O God, O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde and that, that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What battle do you have coming and you don't know how you're going to get through it? What is coming at you? What attacks are coming at you daily? What has got all up in your crawl and you don't know how to get away from it? What's going down? You know what you're facing. But what is God saying? Did he just say it to these people? Or what did he say through his son, Jesus Christ? Is the promise any different? Did he say that he was to set you free, that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Amen. So what is it that we are giving into? Let's keep going. <coughs> Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Huh. What were they doing? They were praying as a family, huh? They brought everybody, lottie dotty everybody. These little guys are welcome in the assembly of God. Amen? Amen. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jahaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jed, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the, for, the, for the battle is not yours but God's. Whose? Whose battle? God. So should you already know whose battle it is that's about to be waged? Like who's got your back? Who's got your six? Right? Who is it? Do you even have to go farther than prayer? Right? Because sometimes we get tore up from the floor up. We're wrecked beyond reconciliation over something that's about to happen. And we're freaking out. And we don't need to freak out about it. Because it's God's battle. Amen? Amen. Right here, the word of God tells us something. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. What has happened? What has happened and what's going to happen and what's any different than that for us today? Amen? Like sometimes you have to stand up in the face of adversity and say, not against my God, not against me. Oh, no, 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 no. You are sadly mistaken, Satan. 
you got this stuff wrong. Right? Can you just hear the eh, survey says? Eh. Right? Like Satan's a fool. And the sad part is, is that fool has been fooling us since we were young. Right? Somebody took the rug out from underneath us when we were little ones, and we didn't understand that we're powerful, mighty warriors in the army of God. Amen? Amen. That we are not the sum of the mistakes that we've made, right? But there is a redeeming Father, a redeeming Savior who came to redeem us, right? Somebody who came to help us to live life differently. Somebody who came to show us that death is conquered, the enemy is conquered, he is under our heel. Amen? And, like, how beautiful to know that you're not that cowboy anymore. Amen. How beautiful to know it. It's just beautiful. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord, and the Levites of the Kohathites, and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe, the, believe his prophets, and you will, be, you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and sang, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed, for the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to, the, to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. Whew. What does that tell you about praise and worship and prayer? What does that tell you? What do you hear when you read that story about praise and prayer and worship to God? Is there power when we sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Amen. Amen. And the whole world is filled with his glory. Right? What does it say when the heart cries out, Father, Lord, here I am, your beloved son. Hear me when I cry. And he says, I'm right here. I haven't left. I love it when you cry out to me. I love to hear you say my name. I love to hear you call out in faith and hope that I would do something for you. And yes, my son, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. <coughs> And so now we take that information and we look at it and we start thinking about what we talked about a couple weeks ago about how we have a choice to make, right? You can choose good and you can choose evil. You can choose light and you can choose dark. You know when you're doing something that isn't what God is calling you to do. We all know it. And you might not be firm in hearing it, but it's that oh crap moment that goes off, right? Like, oh snap, here I am again. And then you all get the Britney Spears song in your head, right? Whoops, I did it again. Girl, you know I got the moves. <laughs> Amen. You see, but God is calling us to something. Study and meditate on the word of God. Pray each and every day. Pray without ceasing. And never forsake the gathering of the brethren. But rather join together in a holy assembly and worship and praise our God the Father. And power and might and victories will come. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. You see, the church is not fighting like that. The church says, oh, whatever you do, that's okay. We don't want to push any buttons. Well, I say we push the living heck out of the buttons. Let's push the hell out of those buttons, amen? amen? Let's start winning our children back. Let's start winning our schools back. Let's start winning our churches back. Amen? Amen. Because greater is he who lives in me than he who is of the world. And I say we will rise up and we will champion in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be together. And we're going to win. We're going to see the victory. I'm going to see the victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Amen. Yeah? Amen. So I'm going to say a little prayer, and then I know some folks need some prayer. Yeah? So do we have some prayer warriors that are willing to come forth and pray over some folks? Yeah? So you guys just... If you need prayer, just come on up. If you uh, are a prayer warrior, just kind of let some folks gather for a second, and then we'll, we'll have you come right up. Amen? All right, so Father God, we love you, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blessing of your love. We thank you for the blessing of your word. We thank you, Father God, for your Holy Spirit, that as it says in the word, that you gave your spirit, and you won battles. You won the big old battle. You called your children to the edge of the valley, and Lord God, they stood firm in the name of God and received the victory, amen. And so Father God, we amen. just declare victory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, that whatever we're battling with, Father God, that you, Lord, would come, that you would send forth your Holy Spirit to fill us, that we would see those victories in our lives, Lord God. Let no one leave here tonight not knowing that they're loved, not knowing that they're amazing and special that the victory is theirs in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you all.